my worthy viewers and Fleming Film Show fanatics. It's me, JD Review Master, and this is the Fleming Film Show. And I'm here to talk about some great movies, and we're going to count down a topic. And here to talk about that topic, and he'll introduce it, is the host of the show. It's Robbie Fleming. Yay! Hello, Justin. Hi, guys. I'm Robbie Fleming, and today we are going to be talking about films about Hollywood. I thought of this subject because Justin's in LA and he loves Hollywood just as much as I do, even though it's an absolute horrible and terrible place. But we love movies about it and we're going to talk about them. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm in, in the industry myself, you, you know, acting and uh, assistant directing, stuff like that, producing. So uh, I love this. It's the reason why I think that I was born. It's the reason why I think I was put on this earth is to be a part of the movie industry uh, in some way, shape or form. And so I love talking movies, but I love talking movies about Hollywood as well. Yes, that's the same as me, but because I live in England in a random village town in Warwickshire, I just had to do the best thing I could, so I became a film reviewer, and then I got a job in the cinema. That's right, and uh, there's a, there's still a lot of production going on over there, so um, I'm sure if you wanted to, you can stumble your way upon a set one day. Um, Funnily enough, yeah. we did actually used to have, I don't know whether they're still in business, but we had a a production company that mainly dealt with children's TV shows. Oh, interesting. Um, cool. And you work at a cinema there. What, um, what's been some of the big movies playing? We have Belfast and Nightmare Alley coming out. I'll talk about them just a little bit later. But right now, I just want to talk about these uh, Hollywood movies. Since you started last time, do you mind if I kick things off? Hit it. All right, my number five is a movie we have spoken about quite a lot. It's a musical, and it's probably one of the most recent musicals that I've fell in love with, and probably the reason why I love the genre so much. And then obviously meeting you, I've obviously, and you love musicals, and I've, you've introduced me to more and stuff. But I'm going to kick things off with my number five and go with Damien Chazelle's La La Land. Well, it's my number four. So I think we shall talk about it together. Yes, great idea. Um, yeah, this movie came out in 2016 and uh, almost won Best Picture. <laughs> it said that they won, but then uh, Moonlight actually ended up winning. Um, so this, this to me is an actual, like, real-life true story to what happens in Hollywood. Maybe not the singing and dancing, but... Uh, the, the relationships that you have. Look, these two people, they're in the entertainment industry, uh, but the paths are, are separate. And, you know, you meet some people and sometimes it's just for now. You know, you fall in love and you think that it's going to be forever. And sometimes it's just for now. And maybe you guys just met at the wrong time. Um, but really what's at the head here is all of the beautiful L.A. landscapes, um, great set designs in this, uh, of course, great musical numbers. I mean, they in the opening, they dance on a freaking freeway, uh, which was hilarious because my favorite there was, musical number ever. Um, yeah, uh, especially because it's hot and it's another day of sun is the name of the song. And then it says that for the credit, it says winter. <laughs> so really, really funny because that's a, a definitely L.A. weather. Um, but yeah, they were they were building a new ramp on a freeway, and actually, that's how they were able to film that is because it was still being built. They weren't there wasn't any active traffic going on on that that ramp there. But very very practical and very very smart. Uh, what's one of your favorite Hollywood moments in this uh, film? 
one I know it's weird because I mainly like to focus more on the jazz element of the movie, but the Hollywood movie is very, very interesting because you see how uh, Mia, who's Emma Stone's character, is trying to rise to the ranks of Hollywood. Yeah, so she works at a lot as a barista. She works on a lot as a barista, so she sees actors and actresses come in all the time, and she wants to be that. Um, so yeah, there's the struggle of being an actor and actress. Um, she goes to auditions and, and literally gets walked in on during her audition. Like that happens in real life. It's happened to me. It's happened to uh, thousands of other actors out there. Um, Even some of the greatest ones. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, maybe not anymore, but, uh, (laughs) to these greatest ones when they have to audition, if they have to audition, but definitely towards the beginning. And, you know, nowadays with COVID, we're doing a lot of at-home auditioning, so it's Yeah, a I little... can imagine to Skype and Zoom exists now. That's how we're talking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it can, sometimes you just want to be in the room with the people to feel the energy, you know, so it's a little bit difficult. But anyways, this movie is beautiful. Uh, totally right. One of the better musicals that's come out in the last few years. Uh, you know, in the last 10 years, let's say, um, uh, the love that they have is amazing. And people, one of my best friends really dislikes this movie because of the ending. And it's, he's, he wanted the bow and the gift, you know, it's like, sometimes not all stories have to end that way. And you know what? They're both happy just because they don't end up together. doesn't mean that they're not happy. They're both happy in their worlds that they're, that well, they're living, so. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously I've experienced break, break it recently. And obviously it's realistic. Absolutely. It's life. It happens. It's the way things are. Um, But I do think that this is a a brilliant movie, you know, really, really good actors, even though they don't, they're not like perfect singers or anything. But again, I think that's just sort of like, I think Ryan is the better because he actually has a singing career. (laughs) Yeah, well, Emma's just she's so uh, charismatic and and you kind of just enjoy it even even though it's not the best, but in that raspy... At least they're uh, better than Russell Crowe and Lay Mibs. You said it, brother. You said it. Uh, yeah, this is a beautiful film. It's It just craps out Hollywood and L.A., so uh, it's definitely a good pick for both of us to have on our list. You're number five, well, my number four. Well, it's just basically like my past relationship without the Hollywood and singing and dancing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you should sing and dance more, and then you know maybe it'll help get over the breakup. <laughs> and maybe find another lady. Oh, there you go. There we go. That's the way. It, it is the best way. Sometimes is just to move on to somebody else because. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's the only way that you'll truly know that you're over the person that you're with. And and Mia moved on. She was married and she had a daughter. Who was? Oh, uh, I was like, your girlfriend? <laughs> no. It hasn't been five years yet. Yes, uh, she did. She got a husband and she um, had a kid. She's very happy. Uh, and yeah, he got what he wanted to. So there's that. La La Land. Yes. So what's your number five? Okay. So my number five, we're going to take this back a few years probably one of the first ones uh maybe that ever came out about hollywood i don't even know uh i didn't see this movie until i was an adult 
And I think that's smart because I would uh, maybe not have uh, been interested in it. I obviously wasn't interested in it growing up. Um, I don't remember like my dad having this on or not. Um, but this movie does garner one of the best ever sayings in uh, any movie. Um, one that's so quotable, one that's been around for decades. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. This is Sunset Boulevard, 1950s Sunset Boulevard, directed by Billy Wilder. Uh, what an amazing film this is. Um, it it's, is one of the, it's one of the best movies for its time. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nominated for 11 Oscars. Um, only one in two. Um, well, it's still pretty good. It won for screenplay and art direction. And that's I what I want to talk about. To you. I, wouldn't, I would have gave it them too, to be fair. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously nominated for director, picture, actor, actress, supporting actors, actress. So yeah, that's what I want to say. Though it, it it won for best art direction because whereas La La Land was really practical, this one was more inside studios. They created you know lavish um, uh, uh, housings and and sets. You know, the let's on-set not forget the performances sets. from Bill Holden and Gloria Swanson. They them two practically stole the show. Well, yeah, absolutely. We'll, I was going to get to them in a second, but um, yeah. So this this is more of real real Hollywood back in the day, meaning not practical, but you're building sets inside studios. Um, this was a time where I I actually really wish that I it was still around, but where you you got um, contracted with studios and you only were allowed to do movies with them. And oh, that's what was that brings here. me to a good point. I used to play this game on the PC called The Movies, and you literally were a movie studio, and you had to sign your own actors, directors, and make, make your own lot. Yeah, exactly. What a cool game. Um, so, yeah, you were contracted by these studios, and you're only allowed to work under the studios. So right now, uh, for instance, what's going on is, like, Adam Sandler couldn't be in the Transylvania Transformania movie because that was an Amazon Prime a vehicle where he's contracted under Netflix right now, so he can't, yes. he couldn't be that's in that sort of, so that's sort of came on to Netflix here. Yeah, he's more on the Netflix. Like I know he's working on Murder Mystery too right now, but yes, let's talk about Gloria Swanson, one of the craziest characters. Yes. I mean, it has to. I mean, this has to be how. Hollywood starlets were and Hollywood men yes. were, you know, this is, yes. this is how they, they, they acted and reacted. They thought they were bigger than life. Um, sometimes some actors think that they are now and it's, she's, she's trying to get back to her stardom and her fandom that she's had because she is getting a little bit older. Um, but uh, I just think this was a brilliant, brilliant film, you know, black and white. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and it's just super super smart for its time like you said like a a fantastic fantastic film um but yeah that was my number five just because uh i think it's a brilliant brilliant film um and uh yeah the the oldest in my in my five movies sunset boulevard nice it is in my honorable mentions and again it's the oldest in my honorable mentions and I watched this movie last year for the first time. I enjoyed it quite a lot, but it was more the performances that stood out to me because let's just face it, uh, Bill and Gloria were the two we the best the two best we had at the time. And I don't know why, but I could see if they made this movie and now Meryl would play Gloria's character. Oh, that'd be good. 
just real quick, the budget was one point seven five million and only made three hundred thousand dollars. I'm so assuming that's a huge as like watched as much as they are now because they didn't have like streaming services and DVDs back then. Exactly, yeah. And uh yeah, movie tickets cost a lot less back then. Yeah, as that too. Okay. What's your number four? My number four, right, it's not an old movie, but it's made to look like an old movie. This film is about making one of the finest Hollywood classics. The movie they are making in this movie is Citizen Kane. The focus isn't on Orson Welles, it's on a man called Herman J. Mankiewicz, and it's David Finch's Mank. Yes, 2020's Mank. Well, tell me about it. This was one of my favourite films of 2020 because there wasn't many films in 2020, but Mank really took me by surprise. I just thought it was just going to be this boring like, movie, but and I didn't think I'd be interested if Mr Fincher wasn't involved, but I actually prefer it to Citizen Kane because I really like how it follows Mank and shows his psychology as a writer. I like how it's set in black and white because Eric Medjusmet's award-winning cinematography is just spot on. But what also drew me to this movie was uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score that really gave this classical vibe. Gary probably gave his best performance since playing Churchill, but he really stole the show even though she only saw, even though she was more, more eye candy than anybody, Miss Amanda Seyfried. Oh, and Charles Dance, because he's just a legend and he stole the show as well as Gary and Amanda are too. So you've got uh, yeah, fine yeah. acting, fine visuals, an interesting story, and I just think Mank is an overall great movie. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, this is an honorable mention for me. Um, uh, nominated for 10 Academy Awards, won two for cinematography and production design, which production design is phenomenal. Again, this is, yeah. for Mank, they did have some like practical um uh, living situations but they're sets they built a lot of sets they're on lots it's beautiful <clears throat> they even the even the, the sound design that they did was it was so unique because they made it sound like they're in a stage like hollow like a, like an echo even though they were outside like they still wanted it to sound real and old-timey and and i'd have to agree i do prefer it to um citizen kane <laughs> yeah <I can>. um <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Amanda Seyfried, she's gorgeous in the movie, um, as always. Uh, and yeah, she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, even though she had like, you know, 10 minutes of screen time. So, brava, brava. Uh, I really like this movie a lot. It's beautiful. You know, it's about Hollywood. Um, so, they did a damn good job there. And it came out kind of earlier in the year, and it still stuck around, you know. We didn't get it till uh, December, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what's your number three? My number three is a Best Picture winner. I don't even think this film needs an introduction. It's the artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about it. The artist is about the, the silent era of Hollywood and focuses on this actor played by John Gerard, who is this 
he he's like the Daniel Day Lewis of his time. He's the biggest star in the world. He's the Leo of his generation. But there was a change in the system because they developed sound for movies, so people were talking more, and he was worried that he was, his career was going to slide down because they weren't going to do many silent movies. And it's about him trying to build up his career, trying to launch back his career and launch back silent movies. This film, I thought when I first watched it, was going to be completely overrated, but after seeing, I've seen it twice, and each time I just love it. And I'm going to love it more every every single watch. Plus, you've also got the woman in it, and you also have John Goodman, who's great, James Cromwell, Malcolm McDowell, Penelope Ann Miller. You've got some great actors in here, and it just makes for a fantastic film. You know, I don't really know much about the director, but judging by the film, he must be a great, a great director because how well the film stood out. So my number three is the artist. Well, it's my number two. Um, Don't tell me your number three is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> my number two is uh, is the artist. Um, Berenice Bejo is so freaking wonderful that's her name yes she is fantastic um and so is jean de jardin and uh john gemman i didn't see this movie until the 2020 year yes because you recommended it to me and it it immediately went into my top 15 movies of all time like it's so freaking beautiful it immediately became my favorite film of 2011 yeah, um, I actually had not seen that movie, even though it won Best Picture, uh, until, yeah, like 2020. So it took me a while. I was mad that it was black and white. I was mad that it was about Hollywood um, and that it beat out, you know, wh- whoever it beat out that year. Um, and I was just kind of like bitter against it. But then once I saw it, obviously we know why it won Best Picture, because it is brilliant. Um, the I'm chemistry between the two. Yes, very unique. Uh, I mean, it's it's ju- it's an old school silent film. There's no talking in it. It's black and white. There's you know a, a dog who's a star in it, which is fun. Um, but uh, it just it it's also beautifully written. Tons of fun. So charismatic. Um, and uh, the fact that it's about you know Hollywood and in the backdrop of a of the silent era and and still be engaging for, you know, the hour and 40 minutes and win best picture is remarkable. Obviously this is a, a, a picture that is a, one of the biggest feats out there. Um, and it's deserved of its best picture win for sure. Uh, yeah, my number, my number two is the artist. I, I want to just keep talking about it, but, um, we got yeah. to move this talk about what's your number three then? My number three, you said it, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's perfect. It's my two, and I would love to talk about this movie with you because I absolutely love this movie. This is the yeah. high mark of a mix between live action and animation, isn't it? It sure is. Uh, Nothing can beat this movie. I I completely agree. I mean, as a kid, I watched it so many times. I'm a huge, yep. you know... Uh, I love Zemeckis. I think he's great, um, especially for like family movies and kids movies. I think he does really well. And Back um, to the Future. Well, yes, yeah, so, which I consider sort of like a kids movie because I I grew up watching it. Oh, but um, in a way, yeah. Uh, 
but yes, you have you have the two different uh, things here. You have the uh, the animation. You have the live action. Um, uh, yeah, and it's tunes. It's tunes taken over. Uh, you, we see a lot of backlots here. We see sets and and we see actual like TV shows being made because that first yes. sketch is so yes. great with the baby. And um, we have the legend himself, Mr. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, so Bob Hoskins is in this. Christopher Lloyd is in this. Um, Joanna Casty, actually, I worked at uh, her house once. Yeah, so I'm really, really special. I am so jealous. She's awesome. Yeah, she's she still looks stunning. Um, But uh, I just really, this movie is a lot of fun. You know, you what we have here is Christopher Lloyd's trying to get rid of all the tunes and and. he has this or or this green bath, you know, this acid that will murder all the gyms. Yes, the dip. Um, but but Roger Rabbit was so beautifully drawn and and vocalized, you know. And the fact that he was a completely original character, not one of the Looney Tunes or the Mickey Mouse gang. Yes, absolutely, and he became beloved by everybody. You know, they sold toys and shirts, um, and then also. Maybe I had my first crush on Jessica Rabbit. Jessica is up there in my favorite, even the fittest animated girls ever. Uh, It's so crazy how they drew her, but boy, did they do a really good job. Um, I love it when she sings a song when she's introduced. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you get to see Betty Boop in there. I mean, it's just they brought in all the characters that we know and love, plus made a new one. And then can we talk about the iconic scene with Buzz and uh, Mickey because that scene is iconic. Yeah, go ahead. It's just an iconic scene because of how big icons Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse are, and to have them in the same room with with Bob Hoskins, who was like the biggest actor in Britain at the time. It's just a standout theme. Yeah, um, it's just super, super smart. You know, like uh, when he's trying to hide Roger in the in the dishes um, and he, you know, has they have the handcuffs on. But obviously he's a cartoon. He's able to get his hand out and Bob Hoskins flips out on him. I mean, it is so well done. And he's acting to nothing. It's a green screen. It's nobody. I mean, he's still acting his balls off and it shows that it and it it show um, it's so it seems so real. That's how good of an actor he is. Um, plus, there's a lot of like sexual innuendos in this. Yeah, like, maybe it's a little bit more than the PG sort of movie at times. Uh, but it is so fun, so funny. But it's just one of the movies. It's easy to just turn on, do your own thing, and just chill out. Oh yeah. And you always enjoy it, it whenever you're like glancing at the screen. Always, always, always. Um, yeah, this is in this is one of my top favorite movies of all time. Definitely top twenty twenty five. So the way it uh, works out, it's probably in my top hundred of all time. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful film. And um yeah, as a kid And it's a cinematic adult, masterpiece as well. Agreed. Agreed. Um let's see, Academy Awards, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven awards. Nominations they won for editing, sound yeah. effects, visual effects, and yes. special achievement award to Richard Williams, which is weird. But yes, Not he sure has the he animations, he's one of the greatest animators of all time. Gotcha, and that makes sense. Yeah. 
this, and I'm just going to Google what uh, Fleming Awards it won as well, because I've given it a lot of Fleming Awards, this film. Uh, it didn't win Best Film, because I like uh, Cinema Paradiso, the Italian film, just a tiny bit more, but this is this is second, but the other films of 2018 are Bonds by a Mile. No. 1988. Yes, 1988. The budget was 70 million and it grossed 330 million dollars. 30 million dollars. And I bet if it came out now, it would probably be the highest grossing movie of all time. It's that it's that good. I would agree, except people have to have they would have to say Marvel's who framed Roger Rabbit for that to happen. Yes. So for my Fleming Awards, which is the, which is my version of the Oscars, it won a Best Supporting Actress, Joanna Cassidy, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best Production Design, and Best Visual and Special Effects. As it should. Do you agree with all, all of them choices? I sure do. Yeah, Joanna Cassidy definitely deserves it. Sound. If you meet her again, will you let her know she's won the Fleming Award for it? <laughs> you got it, buddy. Sound, sound. And on that note, can I tell you my number one? Please do. Right, so my number one, as I said, would, would not be a film you expect. This movie is quite similar to Sunset Boulevard and really focuses on the psychological side of Hollywood. But it's one of the weirdest bizarre and unique films I've ever seen in my life. This is made by a man called David Lynch and stars Naomi Watts, Laura Haring and Justin Ferry. I'm talking about 2001's Mulholland Drive. Yes, uh, obviously came up in the research. Um, yeah, tell me about Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is, uh, is, a, is a street in L.A. Yes, I've driven past it. Well, I wasn't driving; my mum was, but we drove. But we drove past it. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, tell me all about it. So Naomi Watts is playing this young actress who is just walked out of town. She meets this woman with amnesia who's been, who's just survived an assassination and has no clue what she is, and they're trying to work out what happened to her. And on the, there's a lot of other vignettes. So Justin Frew is playing this, this struggling director whose wife is cheating on, on him with Billy Ray Cyrus. He says the best line in this movie, actually. And you start to see, obviously, that he's being threatened by gangsters to hire actresses. And then you also like see see these like weird hallucinations. Well, David Lynch is one of the weirdest directors, one of the best directors to use surrealism. And I think he's made his masterpiece. I didn't what I you have to go in blind when you watch this movie. That's just the rule. If if you even see one single scene before seeing the movie, the room the movie is completely ruined for you. You have to go in blind, not knowing a single thing about this movie. So when you because after two and a half hours, your mind will be blown. And I do not want to give any twists away. Just watch Marlon Drive. That's my number one. <laughs> have you ever um... drive, Justin? I have, yeah. And was your mind completely blown afterwards? Um, maybe, but not maybe not as much as as you as everybody else. I think because I um, you're not the only one who's who said this, and I and I believe this is on a lot of other people's like top five movies as well about about Hollywood. Um, Shush. 
it's it's really really good. There's a lesbian scene in it. Uh, so that was like one of the first times I've seen like that growing up. Um, but uh, no, this is a great film. Really, yeah, crazy twists. Um, I guess it was supposed to be a, a television pilot, and they turned it into yes, a feature. Yes, it was meant to be a spin-off to Twin Peaks. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, this is sort of like a dark neo-noir mystery film, and it's a lot of fun. Um, in, in, in a, it's not fun in a good way, but like fun, you know, an interesting movie. I mean, and it gives you an entertaining viewing experience. Yep, and I love the coloring in it. The way yep. that they light the the scenes in this movie is really noticeable. Um, let's see what kind of uh, claims that it got. Yeah, and you Ooh, got just one a, Oscar nomination for best director. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, yeah, a Golden Globe for best motion picture in a drama. So. It did okay, but um, yeah, this is really good, really smart movie. And I uh, wish Naomi Watts got a nomination for her performance. Um, but I think that you're right. This is one of David Lynch's like biggest masterpieces for sure. So that's a great, great number one. Well, he doesn't really direct anymore, so I think he's yeah. learned to stop while he's ahead. Yes, that, that's smart of him. What was his last? Uh, in sure. the Inland Empire, which I plan to watch last out of his movies. What? I don't Inland know. What Empire. Just, yeah, I just plan oh. to watch that last one I've seen every Lynch movie. Man, I've only seen Dune and Mulholland Drive. <laughs> you, you should check out Blue Velvet. That's a really good one. Dang, yeah, and Eraserhead, right? Razorhead's oh. okay. It's better than Dune. I've seen The Elephant Man. <clears throat> or, I need to see The Elephant Man. Or at least as a kid, I remember or remember this. Maybe I should give that a look. But uh, yeah, Anthony Hopkins. Wow. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, great number one. Um. I don't think your I don't think your number one needs an introduction. Well, if anybody knows me at all they would know what my number one would be i think this uh, is my favorite movie ever as well well then it's it's in my top five uh all-time favorite movies yeah so this movie uh came out in uh 19 or 2019 and yeah. uh immediately became one of my top five all-time favorite movies i yeah. saw it 10 times in the movie theater uh, I, it is directed by a director who I'm 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 fine with. You know, I don't I'm not like a oh I need to go see all of his movies even though I've seen all of his movies. But <laughs> this is my favorite film that he's made. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It is definitely the best movie that is about Hollywood, and it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we is have, in my honorable mentions. I'm surprised it's not on your top five, but uh, we have Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, yeah. uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino, and it's um, Tarantino's sort of take on uh, what would have happened if um, uh, uh, the killer, um, what's his name, Charlie? Charles Manson. Manson. Char Charles Manson. What if, what if his guys didn't go and kill Sharon Tate? Instead, they had to go face-to-face -face with Cliff and Rick. Uh, yeah. and Which is a had... movie, come on. 
uh, well, okay. If that's true, then the be- the best parts of the movie lead up to the best parts of the movie. So every part of the movie is amazing. So even even um, though even though like the movie is just basically a slice of life about living in Hollywood in the sixties. Yep, and it's about uh, yeah, just so uh, Rick Dalton is this you know sort of um, heavy. He's always in these shows. And he's always the heavy. Yes. and 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 Cliff is a stuntman. Who um, is who is the it. best thing about this movie? Only won Best Supporting Actor. Uh, he swept Finally. all the awards for Supporting Finally. Actor for this movie. Um, In my yeah, opinion, Margot... Brad Pitt should have won at least five Oscars by now. He's only won two. Five, huh? Well, the he the second the other one he won for is Twelve Years a Slave. He didn't yes, even win for acting. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, I can just talk about this movie forever, and I can talk about it for longer than it is, which is like Have two you and seen a half the movie hours. that she goes to see in the cinema? So I would like to see the that. Wrecking, the Wrecking Ball or The Wrecking Crew? I have not seen that. Um, uh, this movie is, it's, it's, I talk about this a lot. It's, you just, there's movies where you just kind of want to live in that time frame and that yes, era for a like little bit. with The Great Gatsby. Yes, exactly. And I totally want to live in this era, smoke cigarettes and drink and, and act and, and be drunk while you're acting, you know, uh, and uh, and have, you know, Hollywood Hills parties. Um, Can we just talk about the other best thing about this movie? The soundtrack. The fact yes, that it's I, not just Beatles and Rolling Stones all the time. It's just hidden gems from the 60s that are just absolute banger after banger after banger. Yes, that is completely true. Um, I actually have it on vinyl. And I have it start... on CD. I have it on CD. I love the CD. I sometimes listen to it in my car and I think I'm in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, songs from Paul Revere and the Raiders, Mamas and the Papas. Um, you uh, forgot Mrs. You... Robertson, which is such a great song. Yes. Uh, if you put the vinyl on, I don't know if the CD is the same. I'm, I don't see why it wouldn't be. But if you put it on at the same time that you start the movie, the entire thing will play through the entire film. So that's pretty mm-hmm. great. Um, but yeah, you know, this movie is just, I can talk about it forever. Uh, one best supporting actor. Let's see what other accolades it had here. Um, I, I love this. I do where... also have this movie on Blu-ray as well, which I yeah. see is really good on my TV. Because I like to sometimes put this film on, just chill out. Um, yeah, I have it on. Uh, I have it on digital streaming over here. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, it won for or it received it's also the only Tarantino movie I've ever seen in cinema. Oh, really? Yep. Um, the American Film Institute included as top ten of twenty nineteen, which is great. Uh, it was just lots of nominations, but yeah, one for best supporting actor. Um, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic film. I mean, I, I love it. I have posters of it. My, you know, my yes. first worth of movies is in front of the posters. Um, yes. I have shirts. I dressed up as Cliff. Um, at the Academy Museum, they have Cliff in you know, the Cliff outfit with, with the jeans and his moccasins and his uh, yellow shirt with the champion on it. 
so great. Well, I think at least, uh, you give, at least you give me a place to go next time I go on holiday to LA. Well, yeah, by then some things will definitely change around because they, I think every six months they, they change, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. No, that doesn't matter. Um, the, the, the experience while you're there is the most important part. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, we All-star cast as well. Al Pacino's in it. Luke, yes. Luke Perry, yes. his last film. Uh, Bruce Dern, Dakota Fanning. You yes. have Margaret yes. Qualley, who's blowing up right now. Yes. Um, Emil Hirsch is in this. Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> uh, Damien Lewis. Don't forget about Damien Lewis. Yeah, Damien Lewis. Um, he was brilliant to Steve McQueen. I'll give him that. Yeah, totally. Uh, and there's that that um, that blonde girl who was a part of. Oh, Sydney Sweeney. She she was oh, a part of. Uh, oh, another actor who is also known to blow up because he's going to play Alvis, Austin Butler. Austin Butler. Oh, he was Tex. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Semi weird to see him as Albus, but I think he'll do a good performance for some reason. Uh, well, I think he's great as Tex. I think he's really oh yeah, uh, sort yeah. of scary. He's like a young Adam Driver. Play. He's like a young Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah I think he's really good. Um, what's that line he says at the end? Uh, oh, oh, I, I forgot that. That Uma Thurman's daughter's in this as well. Uh, Maya Hawke, she's the one that leaves them when she drives off. Maya Hawke? Yeah, Maya Hawke, Ethan, and Uma Thurman's daughter. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's in the show Stranger Things I watch her in. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Um, this movie is just amazing. Uh, budget was $90 million and it grossed $375 million, which is probably one of the biggest... That uh, is that the most that Quentin Tarantino's ever made in a movie? Yes, it's the only one he's done. I think it's his only mainstream film as well, actually, because most of his films are indie films. Well, I think Inglorious Bastards is big. Three hundred twenty-one million. So they're they're neck and neck. So it's yeah. just the Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. You really call indie films? Jackie Brown. And Jackie Brown, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just his first. Um, Django. Let's see. Let's see what Django did. Um, Django. I, I love Django. Oh, I love Django. Yeah, it did. That's my second favorite Tarantino film. Me, me, me too. Me, me too. Whoa. 426 million. So that's the biggest. Django Unchained is the biggest for sure. $100 million and it grows $426 million. That's its biggest. Yeah. It was nice to you see know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the cinema. It was nice to see a movie that was more original rather than just a Marvel movie. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, Hateful Eight, we don't even need to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Hateful Eight. Do you want to count them down? Let's do it because ours was kind of all over the place. And because we, um, yeah, let's do it. My number five is La La Land. My number five is Sunset Boulevard. My number four is Mank. My number four is La La Land. My number three is The Artist. My number three is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. My number two is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. My number two is The Artist. 
Um, but we don't match up on this one. My number one's Mulholland Drive. And my number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which is one of my honourable mentions, along with Singing in the Rain, Sunset Boulevard, Barton Fink, and Kiss, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, so Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is great. Um, uh, well, Get Shorty is great. Um, Swimming with Sharks I put in there. Tropic Thunder, it's a movie about making movies. It's not really it's about, about Hollywood. Thunder, because it didn't really like say it while I looked on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, um, well, it's still a movie about making movies. It's not necessarily yeah, I, did, I didn't really put The Disaster Artist on there either, even though I love that movie. Well, that could, that could work. Um, even though it's all yeah. about them making a bad movie. Um, I, I wanted to put in the, the good guys in there, but that one's again, not about Hollywood. It's just a movie set in LA. Um, but definitely kiss, kiss, bang, bang, uh, maps to the stars is really interesting. Oh, I need interesting. to see that one. I need to see that one. Yeah. I like David, Cronenberg. Uh, really, really good. Um, uh, even though it's not a good movie, Scream 3 is Yes, about... I was tempted to put that as a nomination. <laughs> Yeah, um, Bowfinger, even though, again, it's not a good movie, but it's fun. I only really like uh, it Eddie Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. Are, are in it. That's literally the only reason why you need to check out Bowfinger. Yeah, there's not a lot to that movie. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, that's it. Um, Hail Caesar's fine. I'm not very really good. Caesar. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Seaberg's really good with Kristen Stewart about Jane Seaberg. Um, yeah. You know who does need to make a movie about Hollywood? Wes Anderson. Oh, I was like, he did. No, but uh, Paul Thomas Anderson did with Licorice Pizza. And Bill um, in a way, just the wrong side of Hollywood. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Wes Anderson, huh? Does he's good at production designs and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just have a lot of ideas for Wes Anderson films. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. I haven't seen this movie, but um, this came up on my research was uh, The Stuntman. Ooh. I've heard, I've heard good things about that. Um, yeah. Okay. I think we did it. Yeah. And we've had a good list. A yes. good list. I'm going to cheat on the film recommendation, so I want to recommend two. All right. You can I, rec- my rec- I recommend uh, Nightmare Alley, if you love Delta. I also recommend that. Yes, even though I still love The Shape of Water, Nightmare Alley is definitely in his top three. It just gets better as it goes along. And- yes, it does. And Bradley Cooper probably gives off one of his best performances. I agree. It's really, really good. Like he transformed himself into the character rather just play Bradley Cooper. And Rooney Mara was was my surprising favorite out of the cast as well. Yeah, I really liked her her gimmick. I liked what yeah. she her. It felt her... like the other cast didn't have as much long as they like made it out. They did. Sure. 
Yeah, um, that's my favorite movie of the year. Cody and I just did our uh, top tens of the year, and Nightmare Alley was my. And me one. and Cody also did a video on The Shape of Water as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be joining him again over the weekend to talk about the French Dispatch. Oh, boo. <laughs> you need to give it a second chance. I don't know. I don't know. I it, rather took watch. Ages, it took me ages to get into The Godfather. Out of the three movies that are big that I just didn't care for this year, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, and French Dispatch, i rather watch... Ah, because that's my other recommendation, uh, Belfast. I think it's just because I'm British, but I love this movie. I was surprised at how entertaining it was. But I do agree with what you said. It did lack cigarette smoking. Well, if you're going to go all, you know, if you're going to go all the way and try to be as real as possible, like, be real. Um, but the production design in that movie is fantastic, and so is the acting, because uh, Catron Belfour, Belfour um, and... Tyrion Hines are amazing. They were all five of them were fantastic. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Jamie Dornan is getting so much praise, but I'd, good for him. I'd say he was out the five the the weakest, but he was still fantastic. Yeah, I agree. He was, and I love so Judy Dench of her one liners. She's she's just I would just love her to be my grandma. She, she, she's, she's can do no wrong. She's like Meryl. Yeah, she is the British Meryl. Or Meryl is the American Judy. Ooh. They're both as good um, as each other. They're both really good. Sweet. All right. Uh, what are we doing next time? Oh, I've been juggling around with ideas, but I did. But I was thinking, because we haven't done an actor one for a while, do you want to do top five Tom Cruise performances? Performances or movies? Uh, we'll mix up and go both. Like, we've got to like the movie and like the performance. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because there's... I mean, he's he's a, he, he's a hit-or-miss sort of actor. I mean, he's oh, he, de- he definitely tries his hardest. But the performances he's given in the past are phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be fun. I love Tom Cruise. I really am, you know, Mission Impossible got pushed back another year. Um, I'm is... Well, I'm also good because I was meant to go to a gig, but it's been pushed back for another year. Jeez. Um, yeah, I'm still hoping Maverick stays where it's supposed to be in March, but we'll I'm. Oh, I'm hoping to take my mum to see that because she loves Top Gun. Well, it's just with these things getting pushed back, it's like now it's going to be even some. So we'll get Maverick and then we'll get Mission Impossible. But then he's taking all this time to do these two and have them come out. When is yeah. he filming the next ones? The you ironic know, like thing is, is that everything's opening up next week. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, because the prime minister's been caught in that scandal, and you think he's just probably thinking, "I best abolish all, all stuff because I'm a hypocrite." What kind of scandal? He was caught having a garden party during lockdown. Oh my gosh! How many people were there? I don't know, but I don't think I'm they just... were social distancing. They probably hung <laughs> hands and kissed. 
Oh, come on, Prime Minister. Well, good. At least he knows that he did wrong and he needs to make it right. Yes, he does. He does. But I don't care for politics. I just want to watch movies. Hell yeah. Let's watch movies about politics and get the true because, stories. Because they're hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Come on, boys, don't look up. They're both hilarious. That's what politics should be. Just just, just, the com- just one big comedy act. I'm in. I'm in. Um, okay. Well, sounds good. I got to go watch a Sundance film. Oh, nice. So, uh, How is Sundance? It's going good. So I, I, don't, I didn't do this on purpose, but I chose a movie that is female-led, every single one. On accident. And I mean, it just they all sounded good to me, which is why I chose them. But yeah, and then um, 80% of them are female directed. So Ooh. it's a it's a big year for, for Sundance and females, which is great. Of all the female-led movies I'm looking forward to this year, it's Olivia Wilde's second movie, because after Booksmark, I can picture her to make a masterpiece, so don't worry, darling. Plus, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are, are, are in it, and they're my two go-tos at the, at the moment, because of how good they are. Yeah, Florence Pugh is definitely the woman of the hour. Uh, she's the hottest ticket act right and now. And obviously um, Harry Styles uh, with Eternals, Dunkirk, and his career. I think his career is only going upwards, isn't it? Yeah, I just watched Eternals and, uh, yeah, saw a little Harry there. I like him in Dunkirk as well. So, um, 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 Well, it's, we were talking about women led. Oh, yeah. So the movie that I'm watching today is called Summering, and it's directed, who's a male, but it's directed by the guy who did The Spectacular Now with, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Detergent, Insurgent. Uh, Chanel Woodley? Shailene Woodley, yes. That's her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all female cast too. So we'll see how that goes. I'm really excited. I'm yeah, and I'm saying I'm saying the all female stuff as a good thing. I'm saying yeah, it yeah. It well, doesn't... promising young woman was female directed and female led, and that was a masterpiece. Yeah, I'm saying this is good that there's lots of movies out there that are being you know directed by female. I'm assuming there's other good movies that are female led and female directed than promising young woman. Um, nah. <laughs> what about uh, Zero Dark Thirty? Zero Dark Thirty is great. Let's see what else. Female, well, the Booksmart, you just said Booksmart. Yeah, Booksmart. Um, all time. Uh, Lady Bird. Lady Bird, yeah. Uh, Little Women. Does Jumping Jack Flash count? Yes. Sure does. That's probably one of the first movies to do that. Well, mainstream-wise. The Farewell. That's directed and female-led. Is that Uh, the Arcafina one? Yeah. Uh, Clemency, that came out a couple years ago, was really good with Alfred Woodward. Um, Hustlers. I need, to, land. I need to give that a second chance. I like Nomadland. It's overrated, but it's still good. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which was one of my favorite movies of that year. That That's quite that's quite nice to, to watch. To. Um, yeah, there's so many others. But yes. Cool. 
All right. Well, uh, let us know what your guys' favorite movies are that are made about Hollywood. Um, is, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit in your list? Is Once Upon a Time in your list? Let us know. Is Mulholland Drive in your list? Obviously, Rob and I think the same, uh, where we had three of the same movies in our list. Yeah, and it was quite cool. It was really cool. Um, but then, yeah, we both had some some bangers in there as well. So let us know what your favorites are. Let us know if you want us to talk about any other topic. Uh, I guess we're going to be doing top five Tom Cruise movies next week. And, um, yeah, that sounds good. All right. Thank you for listening. For listening, if you're listening to this, thank you for watching this. If you're watching it, make sure to check check me out, Robbie's Reviews my youtube channel which you're probably watching this on and also follow me twitter facebook instagram and check out justin on worth the movies that's right and also check out the uh uh video rejects because yes. we we Rob love and I cody. Both, we love cody but we also are on their shows you know yes. especially recently um you know cody loves talking directors and uh and and we just talked to our top 10 favorite movies did you did you watch that yet rob i watched the ending so you saw what his number one was yes i haven't Pretty seen crazy it. right it's a good movie it's a good movie i will check um, it out for cody yes check it out for cody and i just watched it this week again and really loved it so it was nice. i mean it was my number six obviously i loved it too it so. sounds like it sounds um, like a genuinely good movie anyway yes it was really good okay thank you everybody we'll see you next week until next time until next time bye bye justin bye Rob. bye bye thank you everyone <laughs>